When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Turn up the radio and sing along. It's time for another great song. This is the Great Song Podcast. Season's greetings and welcome to another episode of the Great Song Podcast. I'm Rob Alley. I'm JP Mosier. And we're here taking you through the greatest songs in modern music history, one by one until there are none left. It ain't great till we say it's great. So why do you say we go ahead and get started with this week's episode? We got, man, an all-time great today. Like, we always do great songs, but this is an all-time great. Tell them what we got today, JP. Higher Ground. Higher Ground. Wonder. Of course, made famous by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Uh, Not really. Um, But uh, where do you think, do you think their cover is a legitimate cover of? Yeah, yes. A a lot of people know it. Yeah. Actually, um, I looked up, when I looked up the song on Spotify, um, Actually, this Stevie version is the third one listed in order. Brutal. Of the name Higher Ground. There's a song by somebody called, who I probably should know for you, Odessa and Naomi Wild as the number one Higher Ground song. Okay, that's modern. That's EDM. D- that's different modern. song. Number two is the Chili Peppers song. And number three is the Stevie song. Wow. Yeah. That's. Uh, and then immediately followed by Argonaut and Wasp and a John Denver version. Ew. Not of this song. Completely oh, okay. different song. Awful song. Off an awful album. I love John Denver, but please do yourself a favor. Let's actually start with that John Denver clip. Let's play this. This is not the song we're covering. Listen to this awful song. hang with us for a second. R.I.P. John Denver, but listen to this. There are those who can live with the things they don't believe in. They are giving up their lives for something that is less than it can be. Some have longed for a home and a place of... So that is not the song we are going to be listening to today. Wow. Yes. Um, Okay, you remember on Beavis and Butthead when they would be watching music videos and they would make fun of them? And sometimes it would just go to a clip of them with just horrified faces, <laughs> yeah. and they wouldn't be saying anything. <laughs> that was me that was listening to that sitting, just now. Yeah, it was pretty oh, bad. Oh, man. Play the real clip of the one that ah, we're listening. Thank goodness. Give us a sampling. Thank God for Stevie Wonder. Thank you, Stevie. Oh, get us out of this, Stevie. Save the day. Here we go. Yeah. 
what I'm talking about. That is Higher Ground. That's the real Higher Ground. By Stevie Wonder. All respect to the Red Hot Chili Peppers. But for me, there is absolutely no comparison. Um, Stevie Wonder is just one of those all-time musicians that just... everything, Everything that he does makes everything else... Like, even if you don't like his stuff, you go... Man, that guy was incredible, and he's blind. Yeah, like right. no matter what you can do, it doesn't matter. He can do it better. You and, have no excuses. Yeah, he's yeah. Forget it. He's blind. Um, I mean, what a geez, what a funky groove, and just this guy can make anything funky and or amazing. Um, do you have a top Stevie riff or? Oh man, a top Stevie top riff. Two or three. I don't know. Most of my most of the, my favorite stuff of his is vocal. Like I love okay. the I love the cool keyboard riffs and I love the whatever. I I am a big fan of the bass line on Boogie on Reggae Woman. Okay, I do love that. It's so sick. I I just absolutely love that. I like the horn part on Sir Duke really a lot. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like oh man. Um. Okay, so. Higher Ground uh, by Stevie Wonder, born Steveland Hardaway Judkins Morris. What? Yes. Steveland. Steveland. Oh, yes. Like Steve Steveland. Land. Steve Steveland Land. Hardaway, obviously named after Tim Hardaway. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, Judkins, named after Jud Judkins. I don't know. Morris, after Zach Morris. Uh, <laughs> Steveland Hardaway Judkins Morris. Yes. A.K.A. Little Stevie Wonder, as he became known in his teens uh, when he started just blowing everybody's minds playing the piano. Uh, released 1973 on the album Inner Visions, which is, if you've never listened to the entire album, go do it. As soon as you finish this podcast, you're going to want to anyway. We'll make sure to talk about the album some here in a bit. There's yes, such a good me. album. Uh, maybe my favorite, one of my top two favorite Stevie Wonder albums, uh, which lands at, the album itself uh, landed at number 24 on the Rolling Stone 500 Greatest of Albums of All Time list. Uh, that is pretty significant. Um I tried to look up how many albums this, how many copies this album had sold, and I really couldn't find it. It was much more difficult to find that information than I had previously um, thought. So honestly, I have no idea. I know it's a lot, but I don't know how many. I know it. Um, this had a song on the album that actually won a Grammy for best R and B song, but it wasn't this one. It was "Living for the City." Living for the City, yeah. man, what a song! Yeah. Uh, I actually a few years ago, uh, the only time I ever thought. Man, Kid Rock really did something. He did a version of this song with Stevie Wonder on some award show, like the AMAs or something like that. Something like that, uh, and it was really good. He actually he actually did a good job on it. I was like, okay, Kid Rock, go ahead. Um, but uh, is that the one where they left Stevie out on stage? Oh man, have you seen that? Yes, yes. I, I can't remember. There's some. I don't think that was it. But um, poor guy. I mean, what's he gonna do? You know? Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. Um, Okay, I, I have a sidetrack that I'm afraid I'm going to forget, and it just just Do came it. to me. I, I need the listener to need to remind you guys that JP and I don't talk about our research beforehand. So literally, we cut. He comes in with research, I come in with research, and then we just we go. sit down and start talking. That's right. And so sometimes we have uh, stuff that is similar, and sometimes we have stuff that is is wildly different. But we're just here to find out um, what's what's the difference and talk about how much we love the song. Anyway. Um, so Stevie Wonder has a you know a ton of hits, mostly known for the hits earlier in his career that were just like groundbreaking and just kind of out of nowhere. Um, you know, had some stuff later like I just called to say I love you, part time lover. You know, part time lover. Yeah, good one. Um, it, so there's a, a, a Stevie Wonder kind of flop that I love. Okay. Um, 
but it's and it's also it should have been a huge song um because it was his duet with Michael Jackson on Bad. Are you familiar with uh the song Just uh Just Good Friends on the song Bad? No. Oh man, it's a, okay. If first of all, if you look at the track listing of Bad, it's just one banger after hit another. After hit, it's yeah. like an all-time great Absolutely. list of songs. And then and then in the middle of it is this song that just I love it. It's got amazing harmonies, amazing uh, chord structure in it, and I just love everything about it. I love the story of the song, uh, the the story that it tells. I think it's amazing. And then I realized that every like historian, I'm watching the 25th anniversary Michael Jackson Bad documentary, and Quincy Jones is on there, sure. and he's talking about every song and how great it is and whatever. And he was like, "Yeah, let's not talk about that one." Like, what? They don't <laughs> literally like it? was like, and this uh, literally, I promise they took like, this is like a 90 minute documentary on the making of bad and you know, it's impact and blah, blah, blah. They literally almost just entirely skipped over this duet with Stevie wonder. It's that derided. And I'm not sure why I love it, but even Stevie wonder, they had a clip, <laughs> they had a clip of him on there. It's like 10 seconds. And he says, he said, yeah, I told him next time we do it, do a duet. I'm writing the song. <laughs> So anyway, I love it though. It's it's uh, I, it, if you get a chance, just listen to it with an open mind. Uh, just good friends. Just good friends. Michael Jackson, Stevie Wonder off the album Bad. Uh, apparently got no love from anyone. From ever. anybody. I think it's great. I love it. Maybe we'll do an episode. No, we won't. Um, okay. So Higher Ground uh, reached number two hundred and sixty-one, uh, or not reached, but it's it's listed at number two hundred sixty-one on the Rolling Stones' greatest songs of all time list. Uh, what's it surrounded by? Uh, 260 is Oh What a Night by the Dales. Oh, and what a night. Nailed it. And 262 is Smokey Robinson's Oh Baby Baby, not the Amy oh, Grant. Famously, baby yeah, I was, gonna, <laughs> I was going Britney Spears. Oh, I was yeah. going to go, oh, baby, baby. Oh, that's even better. Oh, baby, baby. <laughs> oh, Britney, when did you get here? Man, all these special guests keep just popping. They just ne- show up. Never know who's going to show up. Never know who's going to oh, come baby, baby. Clear the door. All right. Um... Okay, so this is part of the 1973 album uh, Intervisions, which uh, let's just talk about this album for a second if you want to go there. Um, okay, track listing of Intervisions, side one, Too High, which is out of the gate, just a kind of a weird, it's about like tripping on drugs and whatever, about this, his girlfriend or whoever that's tripping on drugs. Uh, and it's and it's a, a whole tone melody, uh that is just bizarre. Whole tone is where there's no half steps in the melody. And so it makes the chords weird and it's, Oh, it's so funky and cool. Anyway, too high visions, which is just a beautiful song. Ironic, I guess. I mean, he's talking about, this is a division in my mind. So, okay, whatever. But I always wonder like when he says, you know, uh, there's a line in the bread, like I know that leaves are green. They only turn to Brown when autumn comes around. And I, and I go, Oh, you just have to know. Like, you just have to take people's word. That sucks. Do you like, think he? Uh, do you think he has any say on his album covers? Interesting. I mean, if, I mean, I guess if Is you want like, to be super mean, you could be like telling me he has all the say, and right. he would never know. I, well, I guess somebody would say, "Man, yeah. it's not like you wanted." Yeah. So never mind. I'm stupid. Um, I don't know, man. I mean. I guess. Is he like here? I want a picture of me with screaming inversions into the sky. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I I don't know. Um, I mean, I would think a guy that talented 
I would if I'm if I'm pull. his record exec, I would say, man, whatever me, you all, yeah, let me respect you with this. Like, yeah. if you want some input, just have some input. Uh, so okay, too high visions, living for the city, which is an absolute tour de force of a song. Yes, like just oh my gosh, an amazing song, and every bit as relevant today as it was oh, yeah. in 1973. Um, <clears throat> and then Golden Lady wrapping up side one, which may hold the record for most key changes in a pop song. Ever so many key changes. Uh, it's like he just sings a chorus and then goes up and like there's like eight key changes. It literally fades out and he's still changing keys. <laughs> like so, um, but very cool song. Then side two kicks off with higher ground. Um, you know, just really getting things set funky for side two. Followed by Jesus Children of America. Great song, uh, kind of a gospel vibe. Uh, if you couldn't tell by the title, um, all in love and f- all all. All in love is fair, which is just a ballad that is, I mean, good grief. So beautiful uh, and haunting. It's got this great guitar riff and uh, all this stuff. And don't you worry about a thing, which is like super fun. And he's doing fake Spanish at the beginning of it. Have you heard it? <laughs> yeah. It's, he's yeah. like, he's like, I speak a very, very uh, fluent Spanish. And then starts to just, just mumble this garbage nonsense. It's so hilarious. <laughs> Uh, and then it, and then it finishes with he's Mr. Know-it-all uh, about a kind of a player uh, who can't be trusted, uh, who who talks a big game and can't back it up. Incredible album, front to back. There's not a skipper on the song, in my opinion. I now, don't know yeah, you. Did you know that three days, did you hear what happened three days after the album was released? Yes. Did you talk about that? Let's talk about it. Yeah. Uh, three days after Inversions was released, uh, Stevie was in a car accident. He was the passenger. He was not driving. For those of y'all that know Stevie Wonder, he was not driving the car. Um, his friend John Harris was driving and he was in a car accident, ran into the back of another log truck, I think it was, or something. A log yeah. came in, log truck came into the window. Yep. Um, he was in a coma for four days. And he can no longer smell as a result of this accident. So, so not weird. only think about us that value smell so much. Imagine if we were already one sense short oh. and then they take smell from us. That's so, insane. Yeah. Okay. And, and the legend says, the story goes uh, that this song, Higher Ground, basically awoke him from his coma. Yeah. Uh, somebody that, was singing it to him in the hotel or in his hospital in bed? his in his hospital room yeah. his his tour manager uh started singing higher ground he was he was uh he was trying to like talk to him and get him to respond yelled in his ear couldn't get him to respond to anything and eventually started singing higher ground loudly in his ear and they said stevie's fingers started moving in in time with the song and that was the first response he had given at all since the accident yeah. and that was his first sort of sign of that he was going to make it through um which so, adds another impact to this song geez. if you hadn't heard that story yeah. Um, okay. Uh, I do have to note one thing. I got to bring some correction on this because um, I've heard you say, and the first time I just didn't think anything of it. The second time I heard you say it, I was like, I got to address this. I got to address this. The album is not inversions. It's inner visions. Oh my gosh. Inner visions. It's all one word. It's done as all one word, but it is it not is inner- inversions. It's inner visions. Oh gosh. How we got to do this whole podcast over. <laughs> <laughs> what the heck? Hey, we all make mistakes. <clears throat> okay, so um, I have it even written down right. I just can't read. <laughs> well, now you know how Stevie Wonder feels. <laughs> oh, we cannot post this. <laughs> oh, come on now, come oh, on. Dude, no. We're gonna make it through. All right. <laughs> um, 
Okay. Let's talk about should we should we okay this reached uh number one on the Billboard Hot R and B singles chart. Uh number four on the Hot One Hundred overall. Um and uh and has been covered by uh, tons of people. Do you have any notable covers other than Red Hot Chili Peppers? Yeah, we talked about them early in the beginning. Oh, that's true. Well, we did. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's really. the big one. The, the Red Hot Chili Peppers yep. version is it's fine. It's okay, but there's no there's no way yeah, to not, compete. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, do you know anything? Did you do any homework on the Red Hot Chili Peppers version? No, or did anything? you? It's on Mother's Milk, which yep. is an awful album. It's <laughs> terrible. Um, I actually there's a song on there that I was so excited to hear because it's called Magic Johnson, and I'm a huge <laughs> 1987 Lakers fan. But it's just as crude as any song called Magic Johnson is. So don't listen to that. Please, if so, hide the children. Do not listen to Magic Johnson on Mother's Milk. So it's what you really oh expect it to be coming from, from the Chili Peppers. From the Chili Peppers, Coming yeah. from the guys who wore a sock on stage. Yeah, right. Um, well, I guess we can do the Meet the Band version of the Chili Peppers. Okay. So we'll do there, and then we'll meet? do Meet the Band later. Okay, uh, let's meet so the Chili Peppers. We're on the Chili Peppers. Hey, let's meet the band. It's time to meet the band. Okay, so we could talk about them forever. So I just tried to pick one or two random facts about the people that played on this album. So Anthony Kiedis, lead vocalist, um, he's kind of the he's the front man. Um, he is has actually his godfather is Sonny Bono. What did you know that? No, I did not either. Until wow. I started looking that up. So Sonny Bono is his godfather, and he actually played Sylvester Stallone's son in the nineteen seventy eight film Fist. I've never seen Fist. No way. Yes, Anthony Kiedis as Sly's son. Wow. So I was like, I gotta, I gotta look this up. Yeah, hey, I'm gonna have to find that. Yeah, um, Flea plays bass on that, and also does backing vocals. My favorite Flea fact is he's Needles in mm-hmm. Back to the Future. Needles. So. Uh, so that's my favorite flea fact. Um, Chad Smith uh, plays drum and actually tambourines on this. Have you seen the okay. Chad Smith Will Ferrell drum off? Yes. For years, I thought, am I the only one who's noticed this? Like, yeah. am I the only one who thinks this? And then I'm like, okay, never mind. It's on the Tonight Show, so everybody realizes this. Did you hear what uh, the first time they met? What Will Ferrell said to Chad Smith? No. He's like, man, you are a handsome man. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> he said to him. So that was pretty good. Um, and on guitar, John Frusciante and backing vocals. So I was trying to just find random facts on Frusciante because I like him as a guitar player. Yeah, he's um, different. Like weird. he's just got his own thing. He's weird. Yeah, he's so, the David S. Pumpkins of guitarists. He's so his own thing. I got kind of deep on this i watched the video for scar tissue i don't know if you've seen it no he's actually driving the car in scar tissue which isn't that weird except for the fact that he doesn't have his driver's license whoops john frusciante does not have a driver's license and has no plans of getting a driver's license (laughs) well okay well there you go and you know he's one of the chili peppers so he probably gets away with it that's right he's probably said he's got a tour manager uh, bus driver driving who's your favorite chili peppers guitarist i know they have kind of a laundry list i don't know i enjoy the dave navarro experiment um but frusciante's got his own thing and he's his second go around with the band kind of reinvented them. Like he was there and he did, he played guitar on under the bridge and yeah. sort of that, you know, uh, that era and album blew up. Then he was gone. And then Dave Navarro, Navarro. came in and did, um, Oh, what was that album? It was an airplane and the, and the one where they're at the carnival and they're, the one where they're on a boat. No, um, for Shante was back by then. Um, but that sort of mid nineties, um, uh, was Dave Navarro and then Navarro and then uh, Frusciante came, came back. back and then they kind of found this whole other groove. Like they almost started over with this, you know, just sort of different thing. But yeah, Frusciante's got a cool, clean, 
just a unique style of playing, very sparse and like, you know, not, lo- not lots of notes. Um, so it's pretty interesting. That's uh, pretty much all I got on the chili peppers version. I'd say that's quite a bit considering this podcast is not focused on the chili peppers. I think we, okay. I think we did them we a touched, pretty good service. enough on that. Yeah. Okay. Um, so one, let's meet the band on the Stevie Wonder album. Okay. okay. We can meet the band on the Stevie Wonder Hey, let's meet the band. It's time to meet the band. Hey, mama, let's meet the band. Let's all meet the I have a feeling this is going to be one of the longer sections of Meet the Band we've ever done. Actually, I, I, I could have gone. You know, Stevie played pretty much every everything. Instru- instrument. Everything. On on six six tracks, he actually played everything. Every Jeez. instrument. So I tried to just pick my favorite of the random guest musicians on on the album and surrounding albums, which kind of had a f- effect on this because when he was in the hospital, a lot of those band members came to visit him and yep. were very you know instrumental in him coming back. Um, guitar player, um, guy named Michael Sambello. I don't know if you know him. Don't. Didn't know much about him except for that he wrote the song and performed Maniac from Flashdance. No kidding. To the man. He performed it? He's the guy singing per- Performed it, huh. wrote it. That's him. That's, he can cut to like a knife. Yeah, that's Michael Sambello. Wow. So Stevie's guitar player. Interesting. For, tour guitar player for a large portion of that. Okay. Uh, uh, bass player, a guy named Willie Weeks. Willie Weeks. Uh, he played in the house band of Clapton's Crossroads Tour. Okay. He also played on Blues Brothers 2000. And he was Joe Walsh's bass player for his solo stuff that he did um, for a couple of years. Nice. And played with Shaka Khan. Wrote for Shaka Khan. Shaka. But my favorite guest musician on this album um, was a guitar player named David T. Walker. Um, I don't know if you know about him, but uh-huh. he actually wrote the guitar riff and played guitar on Let's Get It On for Marvin Gaye. Okay. So he wrote that. All right. That's a pretty hey, popular riff. Listen, anytime. If you can write that thing that you sing and people know people it instantly, know it. you don't even have to get have a guitar and you just... So everybody job, knows. David T. Walker. David T. Walker. How about it? Yeah. Um, and he actually wrote Ben for Michael Jackson. He okay. He helped write Ben for Michael Jackson. Um, and he did the guitar part. Uh, on Joe Samples in All My Wildest Dreams. Okay. Didn't know that song at all, but oh. that is sampled in Dear Mama by Tupac. Uh-huh. So Okay. Well, all right. So that's a, a mini Meet the Band section because Stevie played the majority of everything. Stevie Wonder is a monster. So literally, on higher ground, he played drums, bass, keys, multiple keys. I don't know if there's guitar. I don't really hear guitar in it. There might be some light guitar in it somewhere. Um, Moog synthesizer. The Moog, sort of a synth, uh, synth bass with a Mootron three envelope filter pedal. Yeah, baby. Um, that's the kind of wah wah sound you're hearing. Some of that. Um, let's talk about the instrumentation. Uh, he's got this sound, and and uh, on this, and uh, and most famously used on Superstition uh, by him, but um, or Superstitious is the actual name of the song. Superstitious. No, it's superstition, superstition and but he says he's very superstitious. superstitious. Yeah, okay. This yeah, is from yeah. the guy that called the album Inversion. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me on spelling. Yeah. Um so uh what he's playing, this it's this song has a very sort of captivating intro anyway. Uh and the instrument that's featured is called a clavinet, which is uh, kind of an electric amplified version of a of a well known classical uh instrument called the clavichord. If you think like Mozart sitting in his den making music, you get that. That's that's the clavichord. This is sort of a uh, modernized version of that, electrified. Uh, the clavinet has a distinct sound, which is um, further modified in this case by that Mutron pedal that you talked about. Yep. It's like a, a wah filter uh, from a Mutron three uh, envelope pedal. 
<clears throat> and so he just it gives it that and it's it's so um i don't know it's just it's not hard but if you just sit down at a clav and try and do that, it's hard to make it sound like Stevie. I don't know what it is about it. There's certain guys that just have a certain touch on their instrument, and it's not really reproducible. Have you ever watched him play? Have you ever sat like and watched his hands? No. He doesn't use the thumb on his right hand at all. No way. Yeah. Go do yourself a favor and watch that. Watch his right hand. I watched like an aerial thing yeah. of it, and he never uses his right thumb. That. At all, which makes the chord, the way he plays chords oh my in my head so weird. I was like, what? How's he doing that? And I look and they like zoomed in on him. He never uses his right thumb. Wow. Well, there's your, there's your random Stevie is keyboard playing fact. Jeez. That's like finding out that like, you know, Eddie Van Halen plays is missing fingers. his ring finger. Yeah. yeah like, yeah. I just, there's some, I can't remember. There's some guitarist that doesn't use his pinky ever. And I was like, why do you never? I think it might be Brian May that never, ever uses his pinky while he's playing. Really? I'm like, are you serious? Like, I can't do half of what you're doing. With four fingers. I couldn't do it if I had six fingers. You know, like, ah, killing me. So anyway, I think what we're trying to say is Stevie Wonder's amazing. My goodness. So the guy does all this by himself. Do you have any info on, like, how he went about tracking this? I don't know. That would have been I mean, like what he laid down first. Yeah. And like, because like, he obviously playing everything. Yeah. Can't play it all at the same time. Right. So what and do you start I, with? And I don't think it's recorded to a click. It's not, yeah, it's, it's not in the, you know, the digital age. We, you know, we set up a project and we say, okay, this is 89 beats a minute. And we set a click and it. I would imagine that he probably led with the clav part. Wouldn't you think? Because, and then piece everything around it. I don't know. From my. I have some experience doing some of this when I was younger. I had a I had a little analog four track tape machine. What was you? I had a Fostex uh, four track. Oh, uh, I had a Tascam Tascam okay. four. Yeah, and um, um, and so it, you know, I would I would make stuff where I would play all the instruments. And I always started with the drums first. Sure. Um, but it's it's weird doing it that way because you have to imagine the production in your head, and and then if there's any hits or anything like that or sections of like dynamics where it gets louder and softer have to remember where um, you are in the song you have to remember where you are yeah and then if there's any sections where there are no drums you have to like keep time you know and then just erase it later or pull it pull it down later um so but i wonder i i'm i'm just curious he, i guess he could have done the clap part first and then that would have made it easier to do everything else i have no idea um and then of course lost in all this is the fact that He's an incredible vocalist. Sure. The guy can just flat sing like. Unmistakable too. When you hear Stevie oh, at any age, instantly. you know, it's Stevie Wonder. Absolutely. Instantly. Um, and, uh, and so this is just, I mean, basically any song of Stevie Wonder's period ever, but especially from this period, like he's got sort of a trilogy of albums uh, that started with Intervisions in 1973 followed by uh, Fulfilling This' is First Finale in 1974 and Songs in the, the Key, Key of, of Life, Life in 1976. Th- those three albums are his uh, sort of most well-known and and put together. You really, I mean, you could probably just listen to those three albums for the rest of your life 
and be fine. I saw his songs in the Key of Life tour a few years ago. Really? So you've seen him live? I've seen him live, yes. He's never seen me, but I've seen him live. <laughs> and uh, it was really, really good. His Obviously, as you would expect, his band was super Killer. tight. Just yeah. super tight. And they weren't flashy. They didn't move around all over. It's, it's like we're the backing band for Stevie Wonder. Right. So He's we're going to stand here and we're going to hold it together and let him do his thing. Yeah. And yeah, NDRE was a special guest and just people that you would imagine with, with yeah. Stevie. So honored. Like Steven Tyler sang a song with him, which... <laughs> Yeah, that was. Do you you don't expect one? that. I don't, it was. Yeah, hang on, just a second. I'll think of it. It was at the end. I know no. he was a. Yeah, I failed. I bet he went. Yeah, dude, yeah, dude, that down. Yeah, I can't remember. Uh, yeah, that was, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's not. It's. It seems like uh, "Living for the City" would be the kind of song that that Steven Tyler, Tyler would come in and just try and sing and just ruin. Yeah, just, <laughs> just try to steal the show. Yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> just. He'd try to sing it up an octave yep. and needlessly, and then just do a bunch of weird scat over the but top. But Steve of it. would still smile and give him the nod, like, "Man, you nailed that." <laughs> yeah, good job. He'll give good. him the like namaste at the yeah. end. Um, okay, so uh, let's maybe talk about the kind of the theme of the song. Um, Go for it. So the, the song is pretty obviously themed around reincarnation, um, and it you know it's kind of a weird. It, t- it takes on kind of a spooky element when you think about like right before this dropped he you know had this like almost life-ending uh wreck but he said he um and and a lot of people think that he he this song actually came after you know the wreck but chronologically just that just isn't true um but he said he he wrote and recorded the song in three yeah, hours three hours that's all that and kind of a just a surge of creativity um and he he said that he sort of felt the urgency of an impending disaster and and so just rush to get the song done and rush to get it finished. Um, and so I, I don't know. Do you think it's one of those things? I mean, do you think it's you think it's possible that he kind of felt something coming? Yeah. yeah. I, until I heard the story. I mean, I mean, that's yeah. I mean, that's the timing of it. Hey, how about the fact that it was I just realized this three days after the album and he wrote it in three hours. True. Well, there you go. True. And on the third day, Jesus, <laughs> Rose, I mean, yes. come on, yes, just awesome. preach somebody. Um, <laughs> it's so I do think it's funny. I, I, that's an, a, sort of an intentional bridge to Christianity here because, uh, you know, Stevie has always sort of embraced Christianity, at least, you know, thematically in his music um, and, and even lyrically. Um, he actually prayed in his concert. Oh, yeah. yeah really? He stopped and prayed. Huh. Yeah. I had like a prayer. Cool. Yeah. Um, but so that doesn't really jive with uh, reincarnation. Sure. Um, and so, uh, you know, I and I read a quote from him and he said, basically, I I hope that God lets us be reincarnated. Like that was his wish. Yeah, that was his wish. You know, I don't think that he necessarily like believes in reincarnation uh, or whatever. I mean, he could he could have some. Uh, you know, some non um, non-traditional, you know, beliefs about that kind of stuff. But as far as I know, he's basically saying, you know, I wish that God would say, you know, you want to go try it again? Like, you know, whatever. <laughs> That's kind of the, the theme of, you know, of the song is, man, I'm glad basically saying that I know I was here before and I'm glad God's giving me another chance to, you know, to try all this again because the last time I really blew it. Um, So I don't know. There's not I mean. Story-wise to the song, there's not much more. It's pretty. It's all pretty laid out there, you know, face value. Um, I think the cool thing that we're talking about a lot is not. So it's the story surrounding the song. Yeah, I mean that's what makes this song so impactful. Yeah. Other than the cool 
you know, clav parts and other things. It's mm-hmm. the story around the song on this. One. How many, how many bad, um, like teenage church bands have covered the song? How many? Do you oh think? man. Like just yeah. millions, a right? A lot. Just yeah. so many of them. And then not really even thinking about, it's one of those things where you don't think about the lyrics, you know, you You're just like, here's go, a song I can play in church. Here's a song. I, yeah. Here's I think you can get away with it. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, or play higher ground. And then you start like somebody listens to the lyrics and like taps, taps them on the shoulder. And they're like, um, you're on probation. Do you know what? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to ask you to not play next do, week. Do you know what you're singing? This yeah. isn't like, we don't hold to these teachings. Anybody. Sorry. Um, <laughs> so you can do a switch foot song. Instead. Yeah, just do just just do switch foot like everybody else, and we'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, what's that? I heard Chris Tomlin's got a new one. Yeah. Let's <laughs> let's go with that. Let's just be safe. Uh, one thing I want to talk about on this is the uh, sort of understated complexity of the melody on the verse. So, okay, we're in the key of uh, E flat minor, I think, um, on this song, and um, so it's it's pretty straightforward. The people keep right we're just grooving along and then it goes to a two major chord so in that we're in the key of e flat minor and all of a sudden it goes to an f major chord and the melody goes from from the minor third of the of the e flat major chord so there's your root and there's the melody and then it goes to the ninth of the two major chord, which I can't really simulate that. Uh, but it's like, uh, so it, in other words, he goes from singing a G flat over an E flat to singing a G natural over an F seven chord. And, um, the effect it has is just really cool. It's like, I'm not exactly sure how to categorize it. Um, but then he goes, so he's okay. Your melody, and then he goes, and then back to the, back to the minor and, and back to the, to the E, uh, E flat chord. It's just so cool. I don't know. It's very unique. I've never heard another song do that. Um, it's the only time I've ever heard that he it's, it kind of has the same effect, honestly, as, uh, the, um, opening bits of, uh, too high on side one of, uh, of inner visions uh, has this sort of melody that I've never heard anything like it before, nor since. Um, and it's really unique. And every time, and every time I hear it, I go, man, that's cool. Like, that's good. That's solid. And to be able to pull it off, uh, you know, every time the way he does is, is very cool. Cause it's something you kind of have to think about. Like you, you kind of have to hear it coming and, and then be able to execute it. So mad props to Stevie wonder. I know you're out there listening. Uh, I know you ain't reading. God. <laughs> God. We have made um, way too many blind geez, references. Why? Right, you got, okay. How, we're going to get canceled for this. No. We're, yeah. This is free and we're still going to get canceled. We'll push this way out. Uh, best blind artists. Anybody you could think best of? Best blind artists. Okay. Immediately see. you got Ray Charles. Ray Charles. Yeah. Um, Jeff Healy. Jeff Healy. Angel Eyes. Angel Eyes. Great guitar player. Amazing ever, guitar player. Yeah. Have you ever seen how he plays? I have. It looks coolly weird. It's like yeah. kind of like a lap steel the way yep. he holds it, but it's an electric guitar. Yeah. yeah. Uh, was Blind Lemon Pie actually blind? Oh, I don't really know. I know they called him Blind Lemon Pie, but I don't know if he actually was. Ronnie Millsaps is blind. Oh, good call. Uh, the stranger in my house. Andre Bocelli. Do you know he was blind? Yes, 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 yes. Because he kind of always looks lost. Yes, he's, yeah. yeah. 
Oh, God. Okay. We're, we're done. I, no, okay. I got to go back, though. If we're going to be mean, I'm just going to be mean all the way. Because I used to always think when I was a kid, when I was a kid um, Ronnie Millsaps had this song on the radio <laughs> called Stranger in My House. He had several big hits. He was a huge country artist in, in the 80s. But there's a lyric. It's it's uh, <laughs> There's a stranger in my house. This is the chorus. So he says it multiple times. <laughs> there's, there's a stranger in my, in my house. There's somebody here that I can't see. And I always oh, went, well, yeah. no, duh, man. Oh, God. Uh, do you think, do you, like, surely these guys have a sense of humor sure. about all these. Because there's there. lyrics that you throw out all the time about seeing and yeah. visual stuff. They've got to have a sense of humor sure. about this, right? You got to I mean, go with uh, I remember, um, do you remember Jenny Owens? Yes. I ran into her. Did I ever just like literally ran into her? <laughs> I was at, don't hold me for this. I was at an Avalon concert. Hey, I proposed to my wife after an Avalon concert. Oh my gosh. We we're just becoming best friends. And, uh, I can't, I'm walking through the door, bam, hit her with a door. <laughs> no. And she was like holding out her hand. Like just oh. said, Jenny, and I grabbed her hand out of there and shook her hand. Wow. Jenny Owens met her there. Yeah. Well, she had, um. She had a uh, an album on which she covered uh, "Be Thou My Vision." Okay, and there oh, was man. a um, there was like a multimedia component on the CD. You remember when people did that? Yeah, like, you could watch a watch video, a video on, the CD on your CD-ROM drive. Yeah, see. Um, and uh, so she she said like. She goes, uh, she was just making a stupid face. She's like, well, uh, I did beat out my vision because I just want Jesus to be my vision and I don't have any vision. So I need Jesus to be my vision for me. And, and it was like, at least you get it. Like, yeah. at least you get why that's funny. You know, it's just to, to, I don't think it's mean. Maybe it is it's probably, I have doo-doo in my heart, but, uh, <laughs> To hear a blind artist sing something about, you know, it, you can at least hear it a little ironically. And I think sure. it's fine. I think it's fine. There was, um, this reminds me of one time I had an epic fail at church. I was leading worship at church and we had, we just had uh communion. And so of course I followed up communion with a song called Oh, taste and see. Uh-huh. And it, the first line is Oh, taste and see that the, the Lord, Lord is, is good. good. Oh, and it just makes no, it feel yeah, like communion weird. was weird. Like, yeah, that is weird. Oh man. Lord was really good today. Like, <laughs> I'll have another helping of Lord. Yeah, that's just not right. Can I have some of that Lord? You got a recipe for that? Yeah, that Lord. We're digressing quickly. Can you include the whole five blind boys of Alabama in this list? I reckon five of them. Yeah, so they they get a leg up. Um, I think the most somebody that I didn't know was blind until I started looking up blind musicians. The guy that wrote Feliz Navidad, Jose (laughs) Feliciano, is blind. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh All right. Well, there you go. So of your uh, of that list, who's on the top for you? Yeah, Minus, I, if you take Stevie Wonder out of it, Ray I assume Charles. he's probably on the Ray Charles. Ray Charles, incredible. Yeah, he's the he's the one. Uh, Jeff Healy's probably my favorite. Yeah, but I think Ray Charles is probably the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, any other random Stevie facts? You got any other? Uh, no, I don't think I have any. Do you? Yeah, he. You know, he was signed to Motown at age eleven. Okay, he has the first live track to ever hit number one. It was a song called Fingertips, and Fingertips. he recorded it Amazing. at age thirteen. My favorite fact about that song is Marvin Gaye played drums on that song. No kidding. Yeah. Marvin Gaye played drums on wow. fingertips. Um, and he's a vegan, travels with his own chef. He has his own chef that travels with him. He has huh. 25 Grammys and only wow. three people have more Grammys than Stevie Wonder. Ooh, okay. All right. It'll be tough if you guess it. You're amazing. Because they're probably not artists. It's random. Okay. One's a conductor. Uh, okay. George Salty. You wouldn't get okay. him. Nope. One's a producer, so you might Quincy get Quincy Jones? Quincy Jones. Okay. That's it. Him and the person that 
But George Salty has the most with 31. Huh. Quincy Jones has 27. And one other person has 27. And it's out there. Bluegrass. Oh, I have no idea. Allison Krauss. Oh, really? Has okay. I mean, that would have been my first guess just by default. Yeah, just because but... it's bluegrass. Allison Krauss has 27, 27 Grammys. Grammys. Yeah. So, and Stevie's man. fourth with 25. Oh, man. Um, yeah. Um, my my Grammy died a couple years ago. So. Oh, dude. It's so bad. I'm all out of Grammys. All my Grammys are dead. Oh, goodness. Awful. <laughs> they, uh, and he opened for the Rolling Stones in 72, the year before this came Really? Out. That's an interesting dynamic of a show, I would it think. It is. I, I, um, you know, that's like, um, I saw Van Halen on their last tour. The, um, the, were you, were you yeah, there? We were there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was there. With uh, you. and they had, uh, uh, cool, cool in the, in the game, game. Yeah. opening up for them. And it was like, you could tell who was for which go yeah, for the most part. Yeah. It was a weird thing, but apparently David Lee Roth was like, well, people like us, people like cool in the gang. Why not? Let's work like, together. Let's, let's make it work so why not rolling stones and stevie wonder it'd be a heck of a show honestly i like chocolate milk i like pizza <laughs> let's exactly. come by let's, let's have a great supper Jeez. tonight yeah, yeah exactly it's gonna be phenomenal uh all right is that all for you on that's stevie? all i got that's listen I got. <clears throat> this has been a fun episode uh all apologies to stevie wonder yeah and, and everybody out there basically totally all, got offended all blind people people with disabilities of all sorts listen my dad is blind so i can make a joke that makes it okay right like Good save we should have started with that yeah hey hey everybody oh i meant to put him on my list of favorite best blind artists that's right Sorry. He, dale my, alley killer right. bass player dale alley out there i know you're listening dad you're my favorite blind musician um so <laughs> that's gonna do it for this episode of the great song podcast if you're listening on itunes uh google play stitcher podbean wherever you are thanks for listening we appreciate it be sure to like and and give us comments and good reviews all that stuff share it with your friends we'd love to have more people listening we appreciate each and every one of you who are out there listening right now and uh, we'll see you next week with another great episode of the great song podcast i'm rob i'm jp go listen to some music <laughs>